Welcome to another episode of You See Me But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. We are here today with Brian Adams, a.k.a. B.A. is what I call him. Uh, unbelievable basketball player, but we're going to let him tell his story. What's up, my brother? Man, what's going on, man? Um, good. Uh, go. Great to be here, you know. Um, I'm glad you reached out to me and, uh, you know, we get a chance to sit down and talk about my story and, you know, um, things that you don't, th- things that you know and uh, some things that you may not know. Man, that's a whole bunch I don't know because <laughs> I was just checking it out. I was like, man, wait a minute. My boy was a baller and still balling. Uh, so in the beginning, tell us what it was like growing up in Macomb, Mississippi. Uh, it was great. You know, um, I had two loving parents, you know, uh, my mom, Carolyn, uh, my dad, Walter, uh, you know, I was the only child growing up. And, wow. uh, you know, uh, I learned how to compete against myself uh, as a kid. You know, just getting up, you know, in the morning times and uh, falling in love with the game of basketball. And uh, my parents being very supportive of um, the things, you know, that I love. And uh, man, it was fun. You know, I had great, I had, I have a great family. Nice, you know? nice. Um, and And a lot of kids don't have that. Yeah, you know, have that kind of support. So now, tell us early years mm-hmm. with BA. Yeah, uh, the early years, you know, um, you know, I, I think I was a pretty good kid growing up. You know, I didn't really get my parents' uh, problems and things of that nature. Um, I think basketball um, had my attention and got me away from some of the things that I saw. Okay. Growing up, you know, um, you know, I had other friends who, you know, they would dibble and dabble into other things, but man, my focus was just on that one thing, you know, right? The love of the game, love okay. of the game of basketball. Now, high school, when did when did BA just take off? Well, it ha- well it happened before high school. Okay. So, um, my parents, my mom and dad, they split up for a year. And uh, me and my mom moved to Roanoke, Virginia. And what uh, was in Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> so my my mom had a friend uh, from Mississippi that moved to Virginia, and uh, she was looking for a new, you know, a new start or whatever. And we moved to Virginia, and um, I started to see a different side of how they play basketball when I was in like the sixth grade. Okay, six. Seven, I moved back into seventh grade. So in the sixth grade. My game started to flourish. I went from a, okay, he can do it in like the little country town. Let's see if he can do it, you know, in the city. So, you know, that's when my game started to evolve when I went to uh, Roanoke, Virginia. And I moved, we moved back. And some of my friends that I grew, was growing up with in Macomb, they was like, man, that's when your game took off. When you wow. moved and you came back, they was like, man, you was a totally different guy, you know wow. what I'm saying? Totally different players. So that's, wow. that's when it really just started to take off. And and now, so so from, from there, you guys came back. Mm-hmm. And then which, uh, which high school did you attend where everything basically just <clears throat> took off? Man, I, um, so I transferred 
This is a crazy story. So <laughs> we want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in the fifth grade, I was going to North Pike Middle School. Okay. And the coach, the high school coach at the time, uh, you know, they 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 know what talent is coming up on the rise. So I would play in these little leagues, things of this nature. So one game, um, I had played outstanding. So the high school coach comes up to me and my dad and says, hey, I want your son to play for me um, when he get to high school. Man, my dad looked at this dude and said, my son will never play for you. I didn't know at the time that what was going to transpire. Wow. All I know is this guy coached my uncles and... They didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't help their game flourish and things of that nature. So, I, you know, I looked at my dad. I was like, man, what are you, I'm like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> Thinking like I would never go to another school. Right. Okay. So now, fast forward, eighth grade, I'm blowing up. Now, you know, one of my friends from my hometown goes to the Piney Woods Country Life School. Okay. Which is a private school near Jackson. He was like, hey, man, what you think about going to Piney Woods? You know, at that time... I, I didn't know how to put school and basketball together. Okay. It was just straight basketball. It okay. was just no school. I just loved the hoop. But I had to learn how to put both together. So I transferred uh, to Piney Woods, and I never played for that coach. Wow. Never. And, and you know, it's funny how you said how everything transpires. And what you just said about putting school and basketball together, your boy, Mike Bobineau. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same thing he told yeah. the kids up in Taos. Yeah. If you are a C student mm-hmm. on in the, in the books, yeah. but an A student on the court or the field, yeah. he don't want you. Yeah. You had to put both together. But yeah. I just had to throw that in oh, because yeah. I know you know Mike. Hey, so. I, was a D, I was a D student. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, so 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 keep so so Piney Woods. Yeah. So man, Piney Woods, uh, one of the most amazing schools in American history. Um, it was an all black boarding school and um in, in Mississippi. It was oh. founded in like 1909 and uh a lot of structure. Uh, you couldn't you couldn't go to school there and and run wild. Uh, we had to wear uniforms. I went to school from eight to five every year. My freshman to senior, year, I was in class from eight to five. Um, wow! Um, you had to have a two point every week, or you couldn't have any activities. You couldn't go home for the weekend. None of that stuff, man. So I learned discipline. Okay. And then, you know, I, I was like, okay, if I want to play basketball, you know you got to get your books here. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, oh, man, we love Brian Adams. We just going to give him grades and stuff like that, man. That wasn't happening. You know, so that's wow. where the discipline and the uh, I needed that structure that I didn't have um, back in Macomb. You okay. Know, because at Piney Woods, we lived, in, we lived on campus, staying in dorms. So... That's crazy, a, wow. If you have a great game, there's no going hang out at McDonald's and Popeye's or whatever and with your friends and can get in some trouble or, or things of that nature. It was a great game, and you're going back to your dorm. That's some structure. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. And and now, I guess talk about when whenever you the structure that you had mm-hmm. and just basically the discipline, the schooling, and and the sport. Talk about your play yeah. and what you accomplished, what you guys did basically from the time you started there to yeah. the time you graduated. Um, the first year at Piney Woods, it was a little, it was an eye-opener, you know, just trying to fit in. Okay. You know, um, I, I knew... I had talent. The coach knew I had talent. That's my man. You know what I'm saying? I, I, coach Neal is like a father figure to me. Has okay. been from, from the time we met in the eighth grade to now. I talked to him once or twice a week. Wow. You know, a lot okay. of people don't still talk to their high school coach. But so I'm this little hot shot ah, freshman. Uh, I didn't start one game my freshman year, which is cool. I came off the bench as a freshman. Wow. And averaged 14 points and eight rebounds a game. Didn't trip about starting. Didn't want to start. Wow. Uh, just happy to be on the team. My mom and dad didn't call the coach and say, hey, my son is this, that, and the other. He should be starting. Not one time. I was just happy to be there. Now, my first year, we kind of struggled a little bit. Um, I thought we could, we should have had better leadership. You know, um, we made it to the state playoffs. Okay. And, um, we got beat in the first round to one of my college, three of my college teammates beat me as a freshman. And um, I had to hear about that when I got to college. <laughs> but <laughs> my my first, uh, we went to the, call the Coliseum, the Mississippi Coliseum, okay. the state playoffs. We lost to Shelby Broad Street. I came off the bench as a freshman. I had 15 points that game. And um, when I was going off the floor, one of the news writers met me coming off the floor. He said, hey, man, you're going to be really good. And, you know, at that time, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, it was the emotions of the game. We just lost. Right. All right? So we get to the locker room. I'm 15 years old. Guys in there, seniors, crying. Ah, you know, it's over with. Their careers is over. I told my high school coach, I said, coach, we will never lose in this gym again at 15. I told At him, 15. Never, wow. lost, never lost in that gym again, ever. Wow. Three, three state championships in a row after that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's something to go back when you when you got to college. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You beat me the first year, <laughs> but we whooped y'all yeah. for three years straight. Yeah. So his name was Carl, Carl Jones. I ended his career <laughs> as a sophomore. He was a senior. We played him again. And we put him out. So he had to hear that from me. And he's still here. I don't blame you. <laughs> Man, I'd still, boy, I'd, my mouth would run 24-7 yeah. about yeah. what happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, three championships. So, so you guys, talk about being recruited during high school uh-huh. and what that process was like for you. At first, it was it was a slow process, and I didn't understand what was going on. Like I didn't understand the rules of the NCAA in terms of they can't talk to freshmen and and sophomores can't get mail and stuff like that. So I had two other guys on my team. They were six nine, six ten. Wow. Now in my mind, I felt like man, I'm better than them, but I couldn't. I didn't act that way towards the team. Okay, so I'm like. 
We get back to the dorm. They got mail stacked to the ceiling. <laughs> I have no letters. <laughs> Nothing. So instead of calling my mom and saying, you know, I ain't got no mail or this, that, nothing, I only got, it angered me. So now I got to work harder. Now I got to make these folks respect me and say, hey, he the one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, But I still got to be a great teammate. You know what I'm saying? So my recruiting process was slow, but one of my teammates, uh, he's 16, named Tory Harris. Okay. He signed with the University of Tennessee Volunteers. Okay. They came to watch him play one night after he had already signed. They left the game talking about me. <laughs> they was like, man, who in the world? Who was number 23? That's what they said. Tennessee was on me hard. After that. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. It, it, oh, after that game, it just it went crazy. My uh, my junior year is when it just went crazy. It went crazy. And you get you got letters from man, which schools? Tennessee, Florida, USC, Alabama, Mississippi State, Michigan, Villanova, St. John's. Wow. Uh, Man, it was crazy. You so know, the list just goes on and on. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm in Mississippi in a in a in a school of 250 students. Two A. Two A school. Wow. Two A. And you getting recruited like that? Yeah, you know. So for my high school team, I had to play whatever position I was asked, like power forward. You know, so a lot of a lot of my time was spent in the low on the low box. You know? Okay. But I was very explosive. I dunked everything, you know. <laughs> I, dunked, I dunked everything. But my game translated in the summertime, I go from a, having to do what I have to do for my high school team. Right. Now in the summertime, I'm a shooting guard. So in that in that 96 class, I was number four, number five shooting guard in the country. But I felt wow. like I was a little bit higher than that, like I just, you know, told you. Right. If I was in New York or Los Angeles doing what I was doing, I think not arrogant. I probably been the number one player in the country, and that's, well, that's tough because you got Bean, you got Bean in that class. Exactly. You got Mike Bibby in that class, but I'm just, yep. I'm just being confident. Kobe, you know? yeah. Kobe was in that. Yeah, class. that's what. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe. Bean. Jermaine O'Neal. Oh, oh, you <laughs> yeah. call him Kobe Bean? Got gotcha. you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, and to be in that class and be up there with those guys, yeah, is just that's. It's crazy yeah. because what Kobe came straight out of yeah straight out of high, high school. school and he had all the uh, he had all the intel to to get to there because of his dad you know what I'm saying oh yeah and that's hey that's that's privilege you know what I'm saying that's not his fault <laughs> you know his, yes. his father um, was a really good NBA player and you know Kobe knows what to eat at the time he knows how to stretch you know we just eat McDonald's we don't we don't know how to stretch we're just going out there doing this doing that he knew how to he knew how to take care of the body when he was 17 18 years old see and 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 that that was a good segue into the next one <laughs> the McDonald's high school all-american game I didn't make it and I'm gonna tell you man here's the thing. And, I, you know, I still talk to my friends. Like, you know, I don't dwell on it. And, you know, I talk about it when people bring it up. Gotcha. So going into our, coming into our senior year, I'm the number 18th ranked player in the country. 
and that you know coming off back to back state championships, I'm clearly probably the number one recruit in the state of Mississippi, and um, I make the decision to choose a smaller school. I chose Alcorn State University. Wow, you know, and going to Alcorn that wasn't at the time wasn't a bad thing because you know Steve McNair was just the number three pick in the draft. Yes, so how you know, but perception is yes. everything. Yep. So here's this kid, one of the top 20 recruits in the country in 1996. I had no character issues. I had no grade problems. I signed with Alcorn State University because I felt like that was a great fit for me. I can go there. I still can be the man. I still can get where I, you know, right. go. <clears throat> man, it's like when I signed with Alcorn, it's like all hell broke loose with that decision. You know what I'm saying? It's like I was uh, ridiculed for that. You know what I'm saying? Like Interesting. Yeah, you know, like, man, you know, who do you think he is? You know, here's this kid. He's, he's supposed to go to Florida. My, my final five schools was Florida, Tennessee, uh, Ole Miss, Alcorn, Clemson. You choose Alcorn over oh, Power okay. Five. You can throw all the other four out. And just say Ole Miss. Right. That right there is going is gonna upset the universe because you in Mississippi. Oh man. And didn't well and didn't choose the power five. Yeah. You chose Alcorn. And, and not only that, Mississippi State went to the final four that year. You didn't even go to Mississippi State either. Now. Wow. So my high school coach, uh, Southern Miss, uh, gave my uh, high school coach a job. Going into my senior our senior year, and uh, man, that that hurt me because man, we pulled to finish together, and at that time I didn't I didn't understand the business. You know, this is a business, and um, he All gets day. a job, and they think, hey, just because you know he's at Southern Miss, it's an automatic. Brian Adams is on his way, and we we're, we're we're like this, you know. So I don't sign with Southern Miss. My high school coach loses his job. He he lost his job, job. Lost his job at Southern Miss after the first year. Wow, that right there teach you the business real quick, real real fast. But we we still best friends. We didn't let that stop, um, you know, our friendship. It was bigger than school uh, in a university. And now you didn't. Uh, you also didn't get the. Player of the year. Yes. In the state yeah. of Mississippi. Yep. And, you know, it was other great players in that class that, that was deserving as well. But I felt like from my freshman year of high school yep. until my final game of high school, I was I was the one. Okay, back to back to back. Yeah. We was the first 2A school to ever finish number one in the state of Mississippi when it was just one pole. We was the number one team wow. in the state. You know what I'm saying? So that's it hadn't been done then and it, not now. Wow. Now, being left off of that McDonald All-American game and number one player in the state, what did you feel? Did it make you feel some kind of way? Or did you chalk it up as, I'm going to go eat now? I'm, I was always going to be... A, a dog, yep. you know what I'm saying. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, that's just 
that that McDonald's and and uh, who the best player in the state? Not that's just somebody's opinion. But I yep. know I had put the work in. Yeah. And I know I, I just felt like I was deserving. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I, I felt like people didn't embrace a teenager's decision to do what he felt like was the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? We talking about adults, you know, having a problem with a teenager, you know, making a decision that's not popular. But you know what? You can you can look at it and you can see that now in <clears throat> Dion at Jackson State. Mm -hmm. He gets a couple five stars. Yeah. And everybody just turns and flips upside down because right. how could they go to an HBCU right. over Florida State or whoever, wherever they were trying to go or who was recruiting them? Right. You have to go where you feel like is the best fit. This ain't about uh, power five. Low D one, mid D one. If I if I'm a cornerback, and the greatest corner in history is the head coach, what what are we talk? What, what are we talking about? I'm going where prime time is at. Ain't nothing to talk about. No, nothing. You know what I'm saying? So kids gotta, and kids and parents gotta start doing more research on these programs and these coaches. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you if your child has a chance to go to the NFL or the NBA. And things of that nature, you got to go somewhere with a proven track record of players. Yes, going you know to the association. Yep, in the National Football League, it's just <laughs> that simple. You know, it, you know when when you talk about that, it's just like how do you how do we make it better? NIL has just changed it because right. now it's just a free for all, and no one has to sit out now. Right, but Man. those kids need to be able to make their make their money just like they're making the money for the universities. Because these universities are making billions. Oh man. Easily. Off of these kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I um I was talking to a couple teammates and, and just friends um not too long ago. So on the NCAA website, um I don't know how I found it. I saw the attendance for every game I ever played in while I was in college, right? So, for an example, Jackson State, that's our rival. Okay. Every time we played Jackson State at home, at Allcorn, it was 10,000 people. So we played, you know, four times. Right. So wow. you take 10,000 10, people times $20, and the players didn't, never got a dime of that. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You know, and that's just that's just one game. You know what I'm saying? You know, every time we play Jack, it's ten thousand people at every game. That is crazy. And we get nothing. Oh, they on scholarship. That's that's all they need. I mean, you on scholarship and can't eat. Man, I got tired of calling my mom and daddy for Western Union. That's what it, <laughs> it was look, it wasn't no cash out. <laughs> Western Union. <laughs> Boy, now you're talking about my age. <laughs> Man, these youngsters don't know what Western Union is. Oh, my Telling goodness. Yeah. That is, I, I tell you. Now, at Alcorn, yeah. your first practice at Alcorn, mm -hmm. what happened? Oh, well, I mean, I thought it was a, it was an eye-opener. Uh <laughs> 
I don't care what level you play on. Like, you coming from high school to college, man, it ain't... You can be the hot shot freshman, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No one cares, you know? And it may be a great team that you're going to. Man, you got to prove yourself all over again. When you go from junior high to high school, you got to prove yourself as a freshman. When you go from high school to college, same thing again. I got to prove myself. Okay, let's see if he really what everybody say he is, you know? And I think people, I think they saw my my drive and my determination, um, you know. But, you know, I never got a chance to play for the coach that recruited me. Oh, really? Yeah. So the coach that signed me, uh, Sam Weaver, to Alcorn State, he got a job to go to Iowa State. So now, there's no transfer portal back then, okay? Um, I've never not played basketball. You know, back then, you got to sit out. Yeah. Or, you know, you're a freshman, you know, you got to go JUCO if you want to or whatever. I never not played basketball. So here I am. I done made this decision. Now I got I to gotta live with it. I can either run wow. and see what happens. Yep. Or I can just, you know, stick to the commitment and Dude. go from there. So coach goes to Iowa State. They end up having success up there and um, going to the Sweet 16. We met at a Popeye's in Clinton, Mississippi. And he was like, man, I'm about to go to Iowa State, man. Do you want to go? I'm thinking about that snow. Man, I ain't going to Iowa State, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but that's another business move. Yes. He had to do what was best for his family. And he done landed a top 20 recruit to Alcorn State, and he leave. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm faced with, here comes a coach. I don't know him. He don't know me. They bring back. A legendary coach. His name is on the building. They brought him back. So they had fired him like seven years ago. He was a very strict disciplinarian coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. So back, you know, had success. Like went undefeated in the late 70s with Larry Smith, Mr. Mean, and, and guys, you know, had players go to the NBA. Uh, was the first HBCU team to win a... Uh, NCAA tournament game. So he's a he's a legend. So he comes back, and now he has this top 20 recruit on the team, but he's a disciplinarian. Coaches back then coach with fear. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, yeah. if he was coaching now, or Bobby Knight was coaching in this era, <laughs> man, no players. You wouldn't have no players because guys would be in that portal. So they would coach a different way. Than what they, uh, the way they coached back then. So, we, my first two years, I averaged uh, eleven points a game, five rebounds. No disrespect to Alcorn, because I'm, you know, I'm in the Hall of Fame there. Yep. If I averaged eleven points and five rebounds a game at Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, I'm gone, one and done. Top five. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? But yep. when you're at HBCU, they expect more. They want you to do this, blah, 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 blah. You got to average 25 to, you know. And, man, he, he, you know, that wasn't the way he, he wasn't going to let one person run wild. Wow. It's a lot of things that I want to discuss, but I want to put that in, like, my book 
on documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he told nothing, me his story. Let me tell mine. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Wow. Let, let me tell my story. And see, that's that, that's crazy how you holding or, or you limit your players to Man. being able to do what you know that they are capable of doing. Yeah. I mean, all the accolades in high school and then you come over to college and you you still have success but it's limited, it's limited success. Man. Yeah. And now what was his what was his take on you getting invited to the Michael Jordan basketball camp? I mean, what I, that was your junior year? Uh going into my it was right after my sophomore yeah, going into my junior, going into your junior year and uh senior year. So uh he was cool with it. You know, it was it was no big deal. It's just um, you know, we had we've had we had conversations. Uh, I think after my freshman year, you know, uh, hey man, this team like you, this NBA team like you, this NBA team say they're gonna keep tabs on you and stuff like that. But he just had to, he had to control the narrative. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, wow. I'm thinking, bro, my mom and daddy is going to work every day. You know what I'm saying? Like when when I know there's a team, I'm a team player. I'm used to winning. Yes. I was the only player on my college team that ever won a state championship. So winning is all I know. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all I know is winning. You know what I'm saying? So now I got to be a great teammate, you know, within the structure of the team. You know what I'm saying? But he had to control uh, my situation. And it's two things that I heard uh, during my Hall of Fame uh, ceremony after yep. A guy, I'm not, I can't say his name. You good. Oh, he, no, you good. He came up to me, and he said, man, I want to tell you something. Because he's real good friends with people that they know. He said, this man said he had to do that because he thought that you weren't going to be in school four years. He didn't want to let you go because he knew you weren't going to be in college four years. And see, that's... That's the that's the part of it. That's the story that nobody knows. Wow. All they know is it seemed like me and him couldn't get along. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, right. here I am. Man, I'm poor. My parents is struggling. They, right. they got to go to work every day, and, and this is what you want to do? You see what I'm saying? So he, he, he never had a plan for me. Here's a top recruit on your campus that's in love with basketball. That's all. That's what he, he's he's one of the best to come out of Mississippi. Oh yeah, and if your coach don't have a plan for you, man, it's gonna it's gonna go left. I'm not I'm not totally uh, I'm definitely not gonna put everything on him. Right, but man. It was a hey. Anybody that know me, man, they know they know what's up. And and now, so do you do you look back on that decision of going to Alcorn? Are going with your coach that recruited you to Alcorn yeah. to Iowa State. Man, it was man. It took me years, man, to uh, get over some of this stuff. Wow, it took years, man. Um, man, it, it it took some time, man, because you know I go to Jordan Camp. Man, I played so well at Jordan Camp. And the guys was hearing, man, this dude, man, where you from? Man, he's from Alcorn. Alcorn? <laughs> where is Alcorn? <laughs> cats was like, they, it was so, it, it was like a, dis, it was like disrespectful, but you, 
had to understand. Man, it was guys asking me, well, what school were you at before Alcorn? Like, you can't be this good. There's no, You can't be this good and attend Alcorn State University. It's, it's impossible. Now they're thinking grades. Yeah, there's so, something wrong so with So you were at a power five, yeah. couldn't make the grades, so then you dropped yeah. down to Alcorn to get them back up to yeah. come back. Yeah, it's, it's something. It, it was something wrong with him. You know, and like I say, man, I I, I think, you know, then and now, uh, uh, I think I'm a high-character person, a high-character player. I'm not perfect, you know what I'm saying, by Who no means, <laughs> you know, but um, never got in any, any trouble, um, was on the dean's list in college, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. But like I say, man, it's just if you don't have a plan— Yep. For a, a kid, a top recruit, man, it's, it can go left at any moment. And and I think that's the sad part about it because you have a lot of kids that are just, can jump out the gym. Right. Or running a 4 Right. And don't get those opportunities because of a coaching decision, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. But... <clears throat> They they place all that value and that trust in those coaches, right? But you're forgetting the kids are there. Yeah, you're there to get an education, but you're also there to be able to advance and grow, right? So how are you what gonna you how are you gonna yeah. handcuff someone? Yeah, and just because you don't want them to leave, all right? Man, I'm, I'm gonna share this story, um, and not too many people has ever, ever ever heard this, right? I didn't even tell my parents this. Wow. Okay. So my <clears throat> sophomore year, we're going to play uh, the University of Cincinnati with Kenyon Martin, who ended up being the number one pick in the draft. All right? Okay. Going into that game, the first nine, ten games of the season, I'm averaging like 21.7 points per game, eight rebounds. I'm shooting over 50% from the field, shooting like mid-40s. From the three. Didn't shoot a lot of threes, but it was enough to be, you know, uh To get a stat, yeah. yeah. So we lose that game. I think the score was like I remember I think it was like 90 to 76. Um, you know, we get back to school. Coach called me in his office. Hey man, I, you know, I know you having a good season, but man, you know, you scoring a little too much right now, and we gotta share the ball. What? When he finished that sentence. I should have left. And there's no disrespect to Alcorn because I love the school. It's just me and me and dude, we just didn't, you know, we just didn't rock wow. like that. Man, if I would have told my mom and dad what he said. They would have pulled you. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because th- I was not a rebellious player. I'm a go- He knew that. He knew I was going to do whatever a coach asked of me. I wasn't going to be outspoken or things of that nature. But if, that, if he would have said that, with a transfer portal. Gone. Man, come on, man. Wow. I'm out of here. How do you tell your player that is playing, scoring, okay, now, NBA now? Yeah. You, coach would have said, hey, BA, go on, get your 40. Yeah. And help ride, pull these other guys up. I mean, that's what Jordan did. Right. Jordan didn't sit back and say, oh, no, I'm only going to do 20 this game. No. You you are a competitor. So you're going to go compete. Right. Uh, Wow. And I think, man, you know, by him having his name on the building and and, and, 
you know, the success that he had, um, no one would challenge him. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. it, it, it's crazy. And, you know, when I look at things now, it's, it was from a, uh, it's like the things that he accomplished, it was about him. It was selfishness. You know what I'm saying? It was just selfish because when you look around, you go up to all these other universities and there's band, uh, jerseys in the rafters. Yep. You go to Duke, Grand Hill, Bobby Hurley, Christian Layton. You go to, uh, I don't know, you go to Michigan State, is Magic Johnson, North Carolina, Worthy, Jordan. Yep. So all the great players that ever came from Alcorn State University, you mean to tell me Larry Smith, one of the greatest players, if probably not the greatest player from Alcorn State University, who had a uh, 12-year NBA career, won two NBA championships as a coach with the Houston Rockets. You mean to tell me not one player that you ever coached Jersey doesn't deserve to be in the rafters, man? Wow. That's, that's selfish, dog. I don't know no other word that, you know what I'm saying? It was about him. Wow. And how many, so you were saying about the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're an Alcorn Hall of Famer, Alcorn State Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. no jersey. And you said the guy before, no jersey. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. They say, well, we put you in the Hall of Fame. Man, these guys, I mean, it's players that was before me that had careers that probably was better than mine who deserved their jerseys to be in the Raptors. You got Larry Smith, you got Michael Phelps. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, got, you know, you got players wow. like that, you know, and it's just very deserving. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 when I see them, I tell them that. Like, man, y'all the goats. That's what, that's what college is about. College is about getting the Hall of Fame, right. whatever school you're in, uh, you know, being jerseys retired. I mean, stuff like that's what the right. Power Fives do. Yeah, you know, but... We, we, you know, it's just sometimes, man, it's all about the coach. You know what I'm saying? Think about this. I'm about to tell you something that you probably <laughs> never heard before. So many co- Have you ever, all these coaches that get raises, right? Yep. Have you ever seen or have you ever heard a coach in the media or in the paper say, man, I want to thank my players because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have got this raise? No. There you go. No. I ain't never heard a, I've never heard a coach say, thank the players no. for this race. Oh. I don't think it'll be a bad thing to say, but I mean. They, and they get big ones. Yeah. They're the reason why you got that house. They're the reason why you got that Mercedes. Well, I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher mm-hmm. is the highest paid person in the state of Texas. <laughs> Over everybody. <laughs> Over everybody. And can't win the championship. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. Right. Not 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 knocking him or taking anything right. from him. Right, right, right. But that right there goes to what you just said. Yeah. You're making all this money, but you're, you know, your players are leaving right. or this or that. No one is staying. Mm-hmm. Uh it it's it's crazy how it all plays out. Now, do you think that 
that is one of the reasons that you don't see more players jumping to the HBCs? Um, it, it's, it's, it's a variety of factors that, that play into part of it. If you listen to Dion's 60-minute uh, yes. deal, yep. they, as a whole, I, don't, I can't speak for uh, every university, but I know what I saw when I was in, in, at Alcorn. Man, the administration, it starts with the administration. Wow. Want, wanting to make things better. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. um, the facilities got to be upgraded. Um, the cafeteria got to be, you know, up to standards. Like, when a kid go off to college, they mom, not in this era, nobody should be asking their parents for no money. You know what no. I'm saying? With NILs and, and all this kind of stuff, it should be, I don't, you know, Make sure the kid is getting the proper meals and all that. You know, especially the athletes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be eating Golden Corral and and Lubies and all that kind of stuff before a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you Man, can't. upgrade a system Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but it's no not. Wow. But, here, but here's the deal. Basketball. You know, you, you playing the Arkansas and the Kansas and stuff like that. You're getting $75,000 a game. To play those schools up to about half a million dollars. Yes. So the money don't go to the uh to the to those kids that's going out there getting blasted. 40, oh yeah. 50, 60, 70 points, you know, losses. And then the money has to be returned and dispersed among the university. Man, how is that the word that I want to use? I'll use it, you know, outside of the yeah. The interview. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, <laughs> you gonna keep yeah, it PC. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it PC. <laughs> you know, but man, it's 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 ridiculous. You know, you know, um when I was coaching at Alcorn, man, we played Arkansas. I think that check was like seventy five grand. We played UTEP. I had a check in my hand for like eighty two thousand from UTEP. But we get back to school, the money got the money go to the school. It don't go Man, let's let's see if we can get a basketball team forty of that for recruiting to go get. You no. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. That's the things that these are the conversations that we have the uncomfortable conversations that we have to have right. to make things better. Man, I'm not going at this age and you know the things that I've experienced and stuff. Man, I'm not gonna hold my tongue. You know, for nothing. And there's no reason to. You're. Yeah. You're an adult now, <laughs> like you said. At at your age, my right. age, we, man, we right. say what we need to yeah, say. We say what we need and, to say, and we let the chips fall. Yeah. Um, now, I I heard uh, well, you know, reading and media and everything, and mm -hmm. that was one of the main reasons for this podcast because yeah. you want to hear the true fact, not right. what is fluffed up. Oh yeah, I ain't gonna fluff you for media. <laughs> <laughs> there were coaches. Are there there are coaches in the HBC or the SWAC uh -huh. that are not happy with Prime? Okay. Okay. Now, the first thing I want to say is, you wake up every morning and look in that mirror. Uh huh. So why haven't you done the same things that Prime is doing? Because you're the head coach, right? So why are you upset because right. he comes in and does what you should have already been doing, right? 20 years ago. Yeah. So what is your take on that? Because is yeah. is that an accurate 
the reason these guys are upset? Well, a lot of this don't even have nothing to do with Prime as a player. It has something to do with his relationships. So he has better relationships than you. At the end of the day, this is about relationships and who can I call and say, man, I need $50,000 to help these kids. Now, if you can't do that as a coach and you thinking the alumni going to, you know, chip in and things of that nature, it's not happening. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, when I say alumni, prime example, I think I'm right because uh, I read on it. When Mike Leach got let go at uh, Texas Tech, yeah, it was one guy that said, how much? $750,000. Get him, get him out of here. What? Man, them folks not playing with you, man. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't what? rely on the alumni, you know what I'm saying, to, to say, all right, we're going to help the program and stuff like that, you know, so. Okay. <laughs> One person. Said how much? They said his buyout is $750,000. Uh, sorry, with the Mike Leach story, um, <laughs> it was, uh, I forgot what his name was. He worked at ESPN. And it was because his son played for Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Yeah. <laughs> and he got a concussion. And so Mike Leach, being, you know, just a coach, was like, well, you know, you need to be in the darkness. Yeah. So he, like, put him, like, in a shed, like, by the practice facility. <laughs> and this ESPN guy, like, heard about his son being in a shed and, like, caused all this, like, ruckus <laughs> over it, when it wasn't even a big deal. Wow, and so that all that transpired because of that, yeah. and then because one alumni didn't want the negative press. Seven, wow, seven fifty. See you later. I okay, only- <laughs> that was Andrew. That's that's my uh, my uh, board, and he runs the podcast. Yeah. So, but he had insight on it, intel. Yes, but yeah. how do you? How do you let one person dictate uh-huh. all of that? But then you know what? I'll go. I'll go. Step. SMU. Okay. Dickerson and James. Yeah, the pony. Yeah, the pony excess. express. <laughs> yeah, excess. Because yeah. 30 for 30. So, so when you look at those two, mm-hmm. and then SMU gets the death penalty. Right. Then you go and you look at. <clears throat> The U. Yeah. Back in the 80s and yeah. the not. Okay. The U, I wanted to go play at the U right. just to go to party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, play it? Okay, whatever, man. Look at these boys. You get to be around Luther Campbell? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. So when you see, but they had access, the relationships right. that those people had yeah. there was able to get that kind of attention for those players. Right. USC. Yeah. Same way. Yeah. But now with the NIL, Mm -hmm. I think it was time for something to happen. I mean, my college paper in 88 was pay these players to play. Yeah. In 88. Mm -hmm. But it's like, wow. You know, but I, I think Prime is a good fit. Great fit. Great fit yeah. for the HBCUs yeah. because yeah. now he's bringing attention. Okay, when was, have you ever heard of College Game Day being at an HBCU? Boy, that was a movie. <laughs> that was a movie. Okay, I don't care 
like you said, prime, unbelievable DB. Yeah. Had all the connections. Yeah. Still has the connections. Yeah. Man, Why man, wouldn't you let your guys benefit from that? Right. Everybody, everybody get a chance to, you know, um, benefit from it. And then people act like Jackson State has four gold jackets in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Kent. Four. I think it's more than I think it's more than Texas or Notre Dame, I believe. Wow. Four gold jackets from Jackson State. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, when you look at it, think about this. And you you being your basketball Hall of Famer, All-American, you know, think about this. Alcorn. Mm -hmm. Drive. Hall of Fame. He's going to get in. You. McNair. I think McNair would be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Outside of all the other all stuff, the other, yeah, you know, sure. yeah. um, Jerry Rice, yeah. Mississippi Valley right. State, mm-hmm. Strahan, yeah, came from an HBCU. And so, Diaz Williams. see, so how do you not take the HBCUs seriously? It's perception, like I said. It's it's about how it looks. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, oh man, we ain't gonna play on TV. Everybody play on TV now. Yes, it's ten ESPN channels. Everybody, every school <laughs> is on TV. Yes, and here's the thing: scouts don't watch. Uh, a lot of scouts don't watch TV. Watch player. They they go to the game. So everybody, they, they fool you. Oh, we on TV twelve times a year, man. Everybody on TV. If you recruit my child, don't even talk to me about. We playing on TV. Let's talk about how, what is your plan for my child and how can you get him or her to the next level after this level within the structure of this team? Yes. That's what we're going to talk about. If if it ain't that, let's keep it a buck and let's, <laughs> and let's move forward. Let's move on. And, and that that's the thing which going into... Like <clears throat> your life after Alcorn, uh-huh. and I know you played overseas. Yes, and what was it like playing overseas mm-hmm. as opposed to state? Yeah, man, my first year overseas, it was an adjustment. Um, man, this is what people this this is what people don't know, and this part of the, this part of the journey, this part of the story. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but they, they'll, they'll know, you know, today after this podcast. After college, man, I went three years without playing basketball for whatever reason. Wow. For whatever reason, um, I didn't have nothing when I got out of school. No contract offers, no nothing, bro. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So... I heard about this camp uh, in Chicago. Man, I was down to my last. It was like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know, I have always still play right. and work out and stuff like that. It just wasn't nothing happening. He, my coach didn't even try to help me get to the professional level, bro. Wow, that's that's the things that we we gotta have. We gotta have this conversation. 
His story wow. has been told. Right. He's this, he's that. Man, let me tell mine. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm three years out. I'm not even playing nowhere. High school, All-American, whatever the case may be. So maybe that, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, that's part of the journey. So I hear about this camp in Chicago, and I call my uh, best friend, uh, Chad Johnson, at home. Uh, he's from Macomb, Mississippi. We call him Snook. Okay. So he was married at the time. I called him. I said, hey, man, I need your help. He said, man, what you got? I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about going to this camp in Chicago. I'm fresh out of school. I ain't got no job, none of that, you know? I said, man, I need some money, man, to get to this camp. He was like, man, how much you need? Uh, I told him what I needed. He said, you want to fly? I, I said, no. Nah. I said, I want to ride a train to Chicago. I rode a train to Chicago wow. to think about, I needed to think about what's about to happen. Right. And what I'm about to do before I go to this camp. Man, I get to the camp, start playing, start destroying guys. I ain't played in three years. Killing them. I was, what, 25? Killing them. And um, so it was down to, like, either go to Germany or Italy. Okay. So I got my first uh, contract from uh, to go to Germany. Okay. But it's just a... Mindset that I still had because I knew my back was against the wall. If I don't, if I go to this camp and it's not meant to be, then it's over. Right. I'm, I'm done. I've had a great time doing this. But in the back of my head, if I don't make it, I, that, that's going to live with me forever. Right. It wasn't wow. even about the NBA then, it was just about getting back to me. And, you know, wanting to, you know, finish something that I started as a kid growing up in my front yard playing. But I get to the camp. I ain't played in three years. I'm the MVP of the camp. I ain't played in three years. I'm the MVP. Wow. And I, I signed my first deal to go to Germany. Um, it was a, it was a uh, It was a challenge because... I had never been out of America. Okay. <laughs> Watching my mom cry. Man, my mom cried so much on the way um, from, from me leaving, you know, headed to the terminal to um, to go to Germany. And the, the sad thing about it, you know, my dad was there too. Man, the sad thing about the, this situation was um, that was the last time I saw my dad alive going to Germany. Wow. And they was over the like little ramp at the airport at Jackson and waving. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm almost about to get choked up just talking about it. Wow. Um, my rookie year just dealing with, you know, my dad dying and uh, being on a very young team overseas, man. My, my point guard was 15 years old. You know, them guys pros at 15, 16, man. So it was just wow. a, it was a struggle. Like, and, I mean, Luca. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, you know, and my first tournament, uh, we played an exhibition game in Austria. Man, we riding through the mountains. Man, I looked up in the mountains, bro. I'm from Mississippi. Ain't no mountains. <laughs> Man, I looked, I looked to my left and looked in the mountains, and I said to myself, it's your fault. Why are you over here? That's what I said to myself. At that time, you the reason why you over here. It's your fault. Wow. 
Man, I almost started crying when I looked in the mountains, man. Like, man, I ain't got no business over here, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, wow. Yeah. At, at 25, you're, you, it's, it's like you're still blaming Right. Some of the yourself. decisions, yeah. you know what I'm saying, that I made, you know. But I was at peace with something that my mom said before I even went overseas. She said, I don't care if you play another game. She said, you've done more than the average poor black kid growing up in America. Yes, you have. I mean, just everything, just, I mean, and we didn't even hit on everything that you did. Yeah. But, but it's like, it's, it's crazy. So transitioning from overseas, uh-huh. you come back here, yep. and <clears throat> this is what I want to know about. I want to know about... <laughs> Your Driven Elite yeah. Academy. Okay. Tell us wh- everything, basically, that you have done. Because yeah. I know the yeah. college players yeah. that have turned pro because of you. The high school mm-hmm. players that have gone to college yeah. because of you. So just, just give us, just tell us about it. Man, first things first, it, it wouldn't be possible um, without driver. Donald Driver, that's my dog. Number 80. Number 80. <laughs> dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two like-minded people. Uh, people that, you know, uh, I think we're guys that uh, can relate to the next generation. And we can relate to, you know, some some good stories and some uh, some tough stories that some kids may be going through because we, we've, we've lived it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, man, I hadn't seen Driver in about... Man, I hadn't seen him since we left uh, Alcorn. So he left in 99, and I think we linked back up in 2016. I wow. hadn't seen him in years. So I started coaching like AAU and stuff like that, and there's another guy named Billy Bolin. He graduated from Alcorn, and he linked me and Driver. Driver didn't even know I was out here. Wow. So he's like, hey, man, you know, man, let's link up and – Man, I want you to bring your girls over. It was, man, it was a no-brainer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because that's that's my dude, you know? So the one thing that I wanted to show him was that, man, I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do what's right for the kids. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about Brian Adams. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be about us and what we can do, you know what I'm saying, to help the next generation and stuff like that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You're going you're gonna to laugh uh, when I say this. Like, I hadn't been around driver in almost 20 years. So, we, it's like, I, I'm going to show him, hey, man, look, I'm going to do the right name. I ain't going to be here embezzling money and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it happens. Yeah, because you got to think, I, I haven't been around him in about 20 years, man. You know what I'm saying? So wow. <laughs> it was the, we know each other from school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But, man, uh, but no, man, that's, 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 that's my dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's done so much uh, to help me. And that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you don't have to, you know, uh, ask people for for things to to get help. Man, just show them, hey, man, we're going to grind together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show you we're going to grind together. And this thing just went crazy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like crazy. And, 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 and talking about drive, like you said, he is, he is that person 
that will do anything for anybody. And he, Phoebe, Phoebe Schechter was on our, on mm-hmm. one of our shows, and she said, <clears throat> "What she does is she sends that elevator back down, yeah, to pay it forward, yeah, yeah." And that's exactly what he did, yeah, paid it forward to bring you up, yeah, to that level, yeah, and yeah. Golden. Yeah, because he, he hung with a, a lot of basketball players when we was in school. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said he actually said basketball. That was his first love. Yes, that was his yeah. first love, but he was just, football yeah. got him to the NFL. Yeah, so, you know, so, when I first got on campus, I was like, man, what is dude doing windmill dunks and all this on the football team? I said, man, this is my school, boy. <laughs> This is my gym. Get out of here. <laughs> Go nah, back out there to that right. field, right? <laughs> no, nah, man. But wow, it's just, um, it's just, man. It was, it was. You know, he he just, man. Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. And yep. it's, it's it ain't like I say it ain't Brian Adams show. It's man. Hey, it's, you know, driven elite. I don't have to have. It ain't got. To, I don't have to have my name. Plastered everywhere, you know right. what I'm saying. People know who I am, or whatever the case may be. Man, at the end of the day, we putting a product together that's serving the community. Oh, you know off what I'm the saying? chain, yeah. You know, because um, you know when it comes to the pro thing, man. I went to driver uh, after the AAU stuff. Uh huh. You know, I felt like when I feel like something has been accomplished and that I've set out to do. Okay, I need another challenge. You know what I'm saying? So my next challenge was I went to him, and the whole plan was, hey, you know, we're going to do this AAU. We're going to get these kids. And I went to him. I said, hey, man, I, the, you know, I just certain things, that, you know, with this AAU landscape, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the fun was leaving from it. Yeah. You know, a lot of too much complaining about this, that, and the other, you know. I said, man, I got a plan. You just got to trust me. And the plan was I started working out pro players, young ladies. You know, I didn't know where this was going. Um, And I started reaching out to agents from overseas and stuff like that. I didn't know them. They didn't know me, you know, but I know what I can bring to the table with helping someone get to another level. Oh, yeah. And um, I said, man, we're going to start having combine for women. You know, first combine, man, you know, we had the combine. There was some girls in there that got signed and stuff like that. Then there was some girls in there and probably hadn't played since eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> like, they come in to try out. Right. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> but at the end of the day, some players got signed. So we go from AAU to a whole nother lane. Of, you know, trying to get girls to further their careers. Right. If no players get signed, man, that could easily, that could have easily blown up in our face. But it didn't. It didn't. By the grace of God, it did. Wow. So it got better. The second year, uh, we had like 24 players. Everybody got a contract. Third year, last year, the young lady from Jackson State. Gets drafted. Wow. From Pro Day. By, wow. By the Indiana Fever. Two other players signed WNBA training camp contracts. You know what I'm saying? Relationships, man. Wow. The head coach from 
the Indiana Fever at the time, uh, Carlos Knox, coached our daughter at North Texas. So I've been, we've been talking the whole year. Wow. Hey, man, I'm having this pro day, blah, blah, blah. I'm having this, blah, blah, blah. Relationship. And, and who drafted the kid from Jackson State? My friend. Drafted wow. the kid. Wow. <laughs> Some things just meant to be, you know? And that's what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. And everybody got a contract from that camp last year, and those young ladies are playing well um, overseas. And one of the biggest things is when it, with the training, I try to communicate with them. Well, it ain't no, it's not try. I communicate with them uh, in a way that they may not be communicated with during their season in school because I'm not your coach. I'm not your head coach. So you may be having a, a rough situation in college. But when you come to us, I want to make you feel like you you the you the man, you the woman. You know what I'm saying? Of your of your of your team. So our communication with them is positive. You know what I'm saying? Motivation. Hey, we here to work on XYZ. Leave the gym. Go about your way. Come back. Do it again. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and and now is that <clears throat> That that is part of the so this this uh pro day, uh-huh. My mood's a part of that? Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay. So it's like, okay, me and driver, man, let's go get let's go add some more power to this thing. Now we go out and get a guy who's arguably one of the greatest basketball players to ever walk this earth. And a great person. Yep. An unbelievable person, man. And um, we got together. His best friend named Shahid Ali, right? Okay. I've only seen Shahid four times in my life. But we talked two or three times a week. That was my plug to Mahmoud. Wow. Okay? They saw what we was doing. We all from the same state. You know, they from Gulfport, Mississippi, down on the coast. Okay. And um, they saw that it was authentic and it's real. If it, if it's not authentic, man, Mark Moore don't want nothing to do with it. Wow. He, and, he ain't not going to have a conversation with you. And, and it's crazy because <laughs> I was watching one of y'all's uh, practices or one of your uh, camps with the younger kids. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I watched him. You were sitting back and you were you were throwing the ball to the kid that was shooting free throws. Yeah. And he walked up to the kid. The, the kid's bouncing the ball. He walks up to the kid, takes the basketball from him, and yeah. walks away. He said, you have to concentrate. You have to focus on what your task is at hand. Yeah. He walks back up to the kid, gives him the basketball. Kid starts bouncing. He takes the ball from him again. And he said... Am I bothering you yet? <laughs> he comes back up, gives the kid to the gives the ball back to the kid. The kid shoots, misses. Yeah. He said, "I got in your head." Yeah. He said, "You can't let me get in your head." Yeah. So, if you're training these kids at a young age mm -hmm. to focus, it's it's that game. That's right. that's what you need to worry about. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's the equivalent of Bruce Lee in the gym. <laughs> 
I like that's, that. That's, <laughs> somebody said, hey, man, you know, he bruised yeah. me. I'm Jet Lee. I said, man. <laughs> I said, when I'm in the gym with him, I ain't no Lee. <laughs> but just to have two of the nicest guys that you can possibly have on your team and around kids, man. Yep. Man, them guys, legendary. Oh, you know, yeah. I know me and Driver, we had our relationship. But right. Sometimes you can't take things for granted. Sometimes you you just, you be like, man, I'm in the gym with GOAT, man. I'm in the gym with the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like he oh, is, yeah. Like, he set the bar so high in Mississippi, man, it was impossible to, like, he Mount Everest. Like, you know what happens <laughs> when you try to climb Mount Everest. You're going to fall. <laughs> You're going to fail miserably. <laughs> You know, but just a great person to be around and his energy, man, his energy is infectious. You know what I'm saying? Like when we had the pro day, man, it was WNBA coaches filming what he was doing. Now, granted, you ain't going to be able to do what he do uh, in the gym. No. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, yeah, no. That's why they was filming it. <laughs> one of my wow. guys that filmed our uh, camp, the one we did in Dallas, he said, man, he only do things that he can do. <laughs> That's why the kid is struggling with it. Wow. Yeah, at 50, 53 years old. And still could go lace him up and play. Bruce Lee. Hey, Bruce Lee said, be water. Be water. <laughs> <laughs> be water, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's crazy, but, but you guys have had a lot of success mm -hmm. from that. And you've had a bunch of high school kids that have gotten signed to D1s. Man. You know? Yeah. I mean, so tell us a little bit about that because yeah. that's not no short, I mean, that, that, it just don't happen like that. Yeah. Man, you know, for an example, like um, two, of the, two of the best players that, you know, I have right now in college is uh, Cam Corn and Jalen Tyson. You know what I'm saying? Jalen Tyson at Tech, Cam Corn at Florida State. Wow. Man, them, those kids are really high-character kids, great students. And you talking about love basketball. Like, wow. When you talk to them, and like, if you ain't, you, it's, it's a basketball. Well, we talk about, you know, hey, how school and life, things of that nature. But it's just, I enjoy being around them because it's like I see a young Brian Adams. Like, they, they, in, they into it. Like, right. they love hooping. You know what I'm saying? I have young ladies, Alisa Williams at LSU and stuff like that. These are kids, man. And just like any other kid, I, I gave him everything I had. You know what I'm saying? I gave, I poured everything that I learned and I had in my game into them, and they added it to what they already had. You know what wow. I'm saying? So, um, you know, Jalen Tyson came to me. We started working out in a little small gym in McKinney. Uh, Mom and dad dropped him off. He's yours. Had no offers, nothing. Green, he was just raw, a raw, raw kid from Allen, Texas. And I'm like, I've never had a, this type of project because he wasn't ready-made. So how are we going to figure this out? Right. First of all, he loved the game. So that's the first step. He oh, loved yeah. basketball, so this, go, this can work. Now we just got to add and add and add and add. If you come to me and you don't love basketball, this, this ain't going to work. 
It ain't gonna <laughs> this, this not right. gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Why are you gonna waste your time? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I got you. Uh Cam Corn, uh, his dad, Richard Corn, played at the University of Georgia with Dominique Wilkins, was on the final four oh. team, brings okay. his kid over to, you know, driven elite to train. I think he had two offers, you know, when we first uh got together, but man, you talking about six ten, mobile, agile. Can shoot the three, dunk on you, and had no two offers. Two offers. Wow. He at Florida State right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. But it take it just the parents got to trust you and believe in what you're doing. Or it ain't gonna work. And then you got to show the parents that hey, I'm trustworthy to be around your kid, and I'm gonna pour into him what he needs. You yep. know what I'm saying? You know, give them all I got. And, you you know, like I say, man, you talking about these high-level players. Uh, Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was in that gym in Denton. Oh, in yeah. the gym in, in, in Grapevine. Grapevine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jalen Tyson, man, he's a 5 a.m. guy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I'm on my way. 5 a.m. You know, I got a wife and family. You know what I'm saying? Like, But you're going to be there. He... Them boys, man, they remind me so much of myself because they going to get up out of bed early in the morning and go train. Yep. And train the right way. You know what I'm saying? You know, so they was getting on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> I got I used to be the same way. You know, the guy that trained me to play basketball, I'm knocking on his door at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Where you at? Let's man, go. Let's go. You know what wow. I'm saying? But that's why they're where they're at right now. And now, just listening to you, I'm thinking. Going to Virginia. Mm -hmm. Back to Mississippi. All the accolades. Not playing for three years. Going overseas. Do you ever sit back and think that that was the path that you were supposed to take because of what it made you after all of that. Yeah. Because look at what you're doing now with mm -hmm. the kids. You're giving them what you didn't have. Right. And the success that they're having. Right. My college teammate, Jeff Cammons, he's the head coach at Long Beach State University women's basketball. He said, man, you know, you my dog. And I love you. And uh, he said, you was a great basketball player. We all know that. He said, but what you're doing now has exceeded anything you ever done as a player. You know? Nice. A lot of people won't, won't take that, you know, like they want to, man, I played in the NBA 15 years. I made all this money. But it's just the impact that you have on other people's lives that that maybe you didn't have and and somebody just really pouring it, you know what I'm saying, into yep. you, you know. So, you know, we have just like our, you know, my wife and I, you know, I just a whole family <laughs> played basketball, you know what I'm saying? So Wow. Man, yeah, you gotta pour into, you know, your kids and then you gotta pour into someone else's child, you know. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I feel I can go to sleep at night knowing, man, I gave this thing everything. I had I've done everything I could possibly do with a basketball except put on an uh, NBA uniform, and I'm at peace with that. You Been know, at peace, and and that's the thing. 
I tell everybody, BA is just off the chain. I mean, will do anything, but has made a bigger impact outside of the league, but you're still sending people into that same arena or the WNBA or, you know, these, right. these, uh, the two guys yeah. could possibly be in the NBA, yeah. but they have the backing of you, Mahmoud, to show them how to get there right. and do it the right way. Right. I mean, just, yeah. just hands down. Yeah. I mean, I, I man, I, there's been some NBA people reached out to me too, you know what I'm saying, about, because they see the things that we've accomplished here in the last three to four years, man. And I, I, I put my list together about a month ago of all the players that have been to the gym since COVID. It's been 95 college and pro basketball players come to train with us. Wow. 95. D1. 95. Uh, wow! Pro and uh, college basketball players, yeah. So the list gonna keep growing. That's why I was saying, like, at this point, I mean, why? What I need social media for? Everything ain't been worried about yeah. me anyway. <laughs> but I get it, you know. I get it in this era, you know. People want to see your stuff and and all this kind of stuff. But hey, man, man, you yeah. you practice what you preach, and you walk the talk. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And your kids are proof of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's just off the chain. I mean, yeah. just just ba. Now, one thing I I was meaning to ask you. <laughs> okay. Where does the nickname <laughs> <I already know. laughs> Wanky come from? <laughs> I just Man. I just had to ask, bro. My uh, from my understanding, my dad's best friend used to call me Stanker Wanker. But Wank stuck. You know ah, what I'm saying? Okay. So, like, I asked my mom, like, where it come from? You know what I'm saying? But people have been calling me that since I was six. Nobody, like, nobody knows, like, man, a lot of people don't call me Brian. Hardly anybody. I don't even call you Brian. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Listen, where I'm from, black people, white people, wanky. That's uh, wanky. Wow. Everybody wanky, you know what I'm saying? So and, and I would tell you, I, I would tell you the funniest thing. The first time I heard driver call you that, yeah, I was like, hold on, oh, wait, wait a minute, yeah. let me hit that redo button. I was like, right. what did you just call him? He was like, wanky. I was like, okay, I'll call him ba. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna call him oh, ba, and we're gonna be done with it. Amen. <laughs> Every, I mean, teachers, coaches, everybody. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's like Magic, Snoop. You know, nobody calls Snoop Calvin. Nobody calls Magic Irvin. It's just Drive. stuff. Drive. Quickie. Quickie. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. And it's, and it's crazy because everyone I've met from Alcorn, all of y'all who went to school together, yeah. they all call you wanky and call driver <laughs> Quickie. When you got a nickname, you cold. Okay, my nickname is <laughs> Knucklehead. <That knucklehead>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Knucklehead. Yeah. Now, closing it out. Okay. 
one word that describes B A, aka Wanky. What this shirt? Ha- what I have on this shirt? Driven. You know nice. what I'm saying? Driven nice. to uh, be the best husband I can be. Nice. Uh, driven to be the best person I can be. Uh, driven to be the best leader in the community that I can be. Uh, driven to uh, help you know this uh, society become a better place. Uh, just driven to succeed and uh, beyond measures of you know things that I've already you know accomplished uh, in my life. And and lastly, you know, driven to be authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, and you got to be authentic. You know, and and what you do, you know what I'm saying. Just, you know, I'm not perfect, but you know, my everyday walk, man. I just have to become, you know, driven to do everything the right way and do it God's way. Nice. You know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. But like I say, not perfect, but I'm strive. I try to strive for perfection. You know. The best oh yeah. Way, the best way uh, I can. And driven to leave a legacy. How will you be remembered when it's all said and done? When it's over with? Yep. Who was Brian Adams? When it's all over. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking about, yeah. man. I love it. Well, man, I I, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast on the show. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to get you on here. We finally got it done. <laughs> uh, but. It is. I mean, I've learned a lot more about you than what I already knew. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, thank you again mm-hmm. for taking the time to hang out with us. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me, but you don't know my story.